We love to keep you in surprise, and I should say suspense. And a good morning to you. Uh, last night, I was wondering if I should uh, get out my old pickup truck and head down to Home Depot and get all the lumber I could get and pitch, you know, to make the ark out of. And, and uh, we did get quite a bit of rain. I went out to feed my horses this morning, and one of them asked me if there were any pontoon boats for rent anywhere. So uh, we did brave that storm, didn't we? And, and uh, we need to pray for the people on the uh, eastern seaboard, uh, especially up around New Hampshire and Maine. They're, they're scheduled to get just, is it foots or feet or snow? It's a bunch of snow, okay. Uh, we also want to pray for Wade Parker's family. Um, Sandy and I have known, known Wade since the summer of 1982 when we moved here, and Wade was a member of the youth camp. And uh, he loved the Lord, and his last, one of his last testimonies was, I'm ready. I pray you're ready. Are you? I've included for you this morning a handout, and... Uh, I've given you a gift. I I have already gone and filled in the blanks for you. Jimmy rarely does that, and I I just thought I might do it for you. (laughs) And for that person who says on the way out, I found your mistake, please don't tell me that. I know right where it is. Look at the graphics at the top of your handout. On one side, you see the manger. On the other side, you see the note, Happy New Year. And that thing in the middle is a football field with a blue football. So it must be Duke. I could not figure out how to change that to brown, so you'll just have to forgive me. But all that's symbolic of where we are today. I I feel something like a quarterback on the 50-yard line. In every play, the ball doesn't move any. We're in this valley. You know, we had the great Christmas season, but it still is Christmas. All the family and all the gifts, and now we're down here. We're kind of in the valley, and we're looking forward to Happy New Year. So the question this morning is, why are we here? A better question would be the importance of the importance of attending church. I've printed the, the scripture for you also, but I need to I need to draw your attention to the verses prior to that. You see, by the Roman calendar, it's AD twenty seven. And Jesus is in Galilee. This is his first trip into Galilee. And he's at this little town called Capernaum, and which is about 80 miles northwest, northeast of Jerusalem. It's a little fishing village, and it sits on the west, northwest coast of the Sea of Galilee. Probably no more than 100 people live there. It's a a fishing village. Now, Jesus' fame 
has not yet surrounded all of Israel. And he only has four or five disciples at this point. And they're in Capernaum. And if you read the early parts of the scripture, it says, as was their tradition. You know, the Jewish people had a tradition that they went to church. They went to the synagogue or they went to the temple. The synagogue was a house of worship, house of assembly, house of prayer that would be located in remote cities. No sacrifices were offered. Their sacrifices were only offered at the temple. So this was to the average Jewish person church. At church or in the synagogue that day, as as they're praising and worshiping God, a man shows up who has a demon in him. I've seen some of those men. Yeah. (laughs) But praise God, Jesus brings that demon out and he loosed the man. And then beginning in, in, in verse 28, and immediately his fame, Jesus' fame, spread throughout all the region around Galilee. So now let's direct our attention to the focal verses, and I would read those for you. Would you stand to honor God? And I'm reading out a new King, the New King James Version. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Now at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So we just ask God to bless the reading of his precious holy word, and you may be seated. The importance of attending church. Well, first of all, being in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and other believers empowers you. Empowers you to live in the faith or in your faith. You know, Paul admonishes us, admonishes us in Hebrews that we should not forsake the assembling of each other. Now, I, I go to church not because the, of the admonishment. I go to church because I love Jesus. That's just plain up top for me. You know, uh, one of my friends, <clears throat> Curry Haynes, says that, <clears throat> that he's been, a, <clears throat> excuse me, that he's been addicted to church since a child because his parents drug in the church. <laughs> And, and, you know, we we become addicted, so to speak, with the love of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with other believers. And we come not because of tradition. We come because we love Jesus. We come because of the blessings that's been bestowed upon us because we are 
children of God. We've been washed in the blood. We've been ordained. We've been appointed to be his heir. Boy, you know, and like John Denver said today, you know, I don't think a Christian should be down in the mouth. <laughs> I agree with that. You know, I think Christians should be happy. Oh, yes, we do have things that happen to us that are not pleasant, but we should be happy. We should be happy. We should have joy in our heart because of what Christ has done for us. It is during the fellowship time that I believe, and, and it's not only during the fellowship time, but the word, the, the proclamation of the word just becomes alive. It becomes rhema. It, it lives. How many times have you, have you read a passage and, and, and it didn't speak to you? But you sat in church and the pastor or someone else read it and suddenly it just jumps in your heart. It's alive. That's what happens in fellowship with other believers as you hear the word proclaimed and music. Woo. I wish I could sing. I really do. But I can't. But I love music. I love to hear Andrew and Rick and others sing. I love to hear that gift come out of them because when it comes out, it's alive about Jesus, the author and the finisher of our salvation. In the prayer time, it's alive with the Spirit of God. In the fellowship, when you come in the door out there and someone greets you, it becomes alive the greetings, people tapping you on the back. The greeting I like is to hug. Man, you can just feel the, feel the spirit of God in it. Even the coffee and the snacks, they're good too. You know, and experiencing a miracle increases your faith and you will want to tell others. You know, how many of you have experienced a miracle, just raise your hand. A miracle, how many of you? Yeah, a whole bunch of you, a whole bunch. Those who did not raise their hand probably have experienced a miracle. They just, it's just not yet been revealed to them that it was a miracle. You know, we never hesitate to tell Jesus about a big need. Man, you get sick, and the first thing you want to do is pray. A family member comes down ill, you want to pray for them. You tell Jesus your need. I know back in the 60s when I worked in, in, in the aerospace industry and every two years the, 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 the Congress would change and, and they'd start tightening the budgets and, and, and your, your friend got laid off and that became a recession. But when you got laid off, that became a depression. And, 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 and nowadays, you know, huge companies are downsizing. And, and, and people's jobs are at stake. And it's easy. We go, to, we go to the Lord. We're asking for miracles about the big things. About our children. We certainly pray and ask God to bless our children. I can remember a, a, a time at a church that I pastored 
It was a small girl, five years old, her name, Megan. I mean, just the, the, the glory of the Lord just would just shine on this little girl. And I was warned not to touch her because she had allergies that were so great that just touching her and the flour residue off your hand from eating a piece of toast would, would send her into shock. The year before I met her, her doctor left that type of, of, of practice to go into another type of practice because one of his little girls, one of the little children, age five, died under his care because she ate one chocolate kiss. Now, this is the extent of the magnitude of, of, of Megan and her allergies. And her mother asked for prayer one Sunday morning, and she stood up and she said, would you pray for Megan? We have to go to the clinic tomorrow, and they have to do the test. And if you remember last time, they didn't do the test because the previous time she had gone into shock, and and they almost lost her. And and so she said, please pray for Megan tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So that night, that family did not come to night service because they had three children. So that night, as, as we went into our prayer time, one of the ladies raised her hand. And she says, we need to pray for Megan. Remember Megan? And I said, yes, let's do that right now. So I called the whole church. I said, just gather in the aisle and, and let's make a circle. And I called a lady by name. Her nickname was Speaker of the House. And I said, would you come? Would you come and stand in the middle? Would you represent Megan? And she did. And, and we laid hands on this lady and we prayed for Megan. We prayed for a miracle. The next day, this lady calls me. She says, have you heard from Megan's family? I said, no. She says, well, they're trying to get you right now. And so about that time, the telephone rings and I, picks it, I pick it up, picks it up. I picked it up. And, and it's her mother. And she said, Preacher, you're not going to believe what happened today. I said, what happened? She said, well, we went to the clinic and we got ready for the test. And, and the doctor says, we have all the, 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 all the emergency stuff by. We have an ambulance. We have everything. But we have to do the test today. You know what the test was? One drop of milk on her hand. One drop of milk would send this child into shock and she might die. So the doctor says, here we go. And he puts one drop of milk on her hand and, and Megan just looks at it and everybody looks at it. <laughs> I'm going to shorten this story. Within a half an hour, she drank eight ounces of milk. <laughs> her mother says, what should I do? The doctor says, take the child home. She's all right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Megan told me the next Sunday, she said, you know, we stopped at McDonald's. Now, that's not much, is it? Except it was the first time this child had ever been in McDonald's. She had a hamburger for the first time that day. She had a Coke for the first time that day. She had a French fry for the first time in her life that day because God did something big for this child. Woo, that was eight or nine years ago, and she's still doing good. You know, when you're in the, 
when you experience a miracle, a miracle, you, that, how, can, how can your faith not grow? And how can you not go tell somebody about what Jesus has done? Amen? Yeah, we go to God about the big things, but it's the little things that, that really bottleneck us. <laughs> I pray to God every time I have to drive through Atlanta. Do you? <laughs> Whether I'm on schedule or timetable or not, I pray, God, please clear that mess out for me. I don't want to be caught there, you know? Nobody should be caught in Atlanta. Woo! They went into Simon's house. His mother-in-law had a fever. Now, that's not much, is it? But look what the next phrase is. And they told him at once. Jesus, they told him at once. And it says, he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and she served. How often do we hear? How often just for ourselves, you know, we're not feeling real good. Well, all I do when I don't feel good, I just pray that thing away. Do you? Amen. Amen. You know, you got the power to do that. Jesus says that we can trample on scorpions and serpents and we can even trample on Satan himself. How many times do you rebuke Satan in your life? Boy, I do. (laughs) Quite often I do. He's on me. He must not be on you because he's on me. But let me tell you about the greatest miracle of all. Without a doubt, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you. Get that. For there is born to who? To you. This day in the city of David, a Savior. Now you want to underline this. Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know, so often we, we, we try to determine or you, you hear different thought patterns about Christ, about Jesus. When did he know that he was dying for the world? Was it on the cross? No. Christ, born to you this day, Christ the Lord. You see, he has always been Christ. That's not a name that we gave him. It's a name that God gave him. This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. His name is Christ the Lord. Has been, will be, and always will be Christ the Lord. Now listen to the next. This comes from Matthew's gospel. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which is translated God with us. Adrian Rogers, one of the great Baptist preachers, made this statement one time about the birth of Christ. If Mary had conceived from a human father, the child would simply be man. If Mary had conceived only of God, the child would be God. But because God conceived in woman, he is fully God and fully man. Christ at birth, Christ at death, Christ at resurrection, Christ throughout all of eternity. This child born to us. And should we not just stand and sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand and do it. Let's do something different. Come on, stand. I'm not going to sing. Somebody else will have to do it. Turn me off. Really? Can you start us? And come with us. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I just saw a caption on a magazine the other day that said, Miracles, God's presence with us. That's an amen. But you know what? The bigger amen is that He's always with us. And then the second miracle, the second greatest miracle happened for me on April 2nd, 1971, when I gave my heart and my life to Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I will make you worthy. Amen. Have you had that second greatest miracle in your life? That's a miracle. Just washed in the blood and all the sins gone forever. A sinner before I got saved, a saint afterwards. I didn't hear many amens on that one. You're looking at me. Don't look at me. Look at the work that Jesus did. You're no longer a sinner. You're saved by the grace of God. You're washed in the blood. All sins are gone. Man, that makes me happy. Yeah, you look at the man. Don't look at the man. Look at the miracle that has happened. Look at yourself in the mirror. Go to the mirror and say, oh, saint of God. Amen. Amen. Let's get happy about this thing. Woo, 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 woo. You know, I'm happy today because Christ loves me and he died for me. Can you be happy today? We're, in, we're on the 50-yard line. <laughs> but something great has happened. We understand that Christ was always Christ. Christ will always be Christ. Amen. Amen. Woo. Get me worked up and I'll preach for you. (laughs) The faith of one can lead many to believe. Let me read those verses for you again. Find my place. Now at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him they. 
they brought to him. They is made up of a bunch of people, individuals. They who saw, who saw the miracle, saw the demon cast out, saw Peter's mother-in-law raised up. They saw those miracles. And at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him, that is Jesus, all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Then he healed many. He healed many who were sick with various diseases. Who, you know, the least favorite night in a traditional church is Thursday night. Can anybody tell me why? Who, who has been a member at a traditional church, a traditional Baptist church? That's visitation night. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew that all along. You weren't going to mention it. <laughs> it was the least favorite night for me as a pastor. You see, because I don't have that gift of meeting somebody, of knocking on the door and beginning to share with them about Christ. But if they open the door first and give me a chance, whoo, I'm in there. <laughs> when I was in seminary, I had this friend, Philip Knott was his name, and Philip said to me, he says, on, on a Thursday at, at the school, he says, you want to go visiting with me tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Did he have the gift? I went with Philip that night. You know where we went? We went to a bar. Yeah. Philip just goes in. He says, come on in. I know all these people. And he went right down the line sharing what God had done in his life the miracle that had happened in his life, and a lot of them just stood there like this, huh? <laughs> you know, all of us don't have that gift. Don't be down on yourself because you don't. Look at the gift that God has given you because we are the body of Christ. It takes all of us to get the job done. Some sing, some preach, some go out to visit, some teach. Some just fold the bulletins. Some stand at the door and, and hug your neck. It takes all of us. But do praise God because there are some people out there knocking on doors. But don't penalize yourself. We're all unique. But when the Spirit speaks, you be one of they. All right? You be one of those people. One by one. One-on-one, two-by-two. Jesus sent them out two-by-two. Your faith can lead somebody to Christ. Will you allow him to use you? Will you be one of the they that went out and said, I want to tell you about the miracle that I have seen or the miracles that I've seen? Now, I'm going to leave you with this question. What would happen at Grace if we all shared our faith? The, the scripture said, listen to this. They brought to him all who were sick. You know, can you imagine if we got out and told the story about Jesus and his healing? Can you imagine we could drive up to church and 
parking lot be full of people in wheelchairs and walking canes and, and crutches and on gurneys because we shared our faith about the miracles that happen? And yes, sometimes the miracle of healing is what Wade Parker enjoyed this morning. Complete healing. You know? Complete. Crossed over the Jordan. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen at Grace? And I praise God for the ministries that we have. We go so many places. But if we just simply shared, if we were just one of they who talked about what happens at our church through the preaching, through the music, through the fellowship. Have I, have I broken the ice on why it's important for us to be in attendance at church? Because we grow in Christ. And that's what we're, that, that's our goal, to be more like him every day, every hour of every day, just to grow and be more and more and more like Jesus. Years ago, there was this little armband that said WWJD, I think it was. What would Jesus do? And, and you've heard me say this before. We should never ask what Jesus would do. We just should go ahead and do what Jesus would do. Why ask? We know what he'd do. He'd give mercy and he'd give grace. He'd give healing. All those wonderful things. He would give salvation to the lost. If we went out and told shared our faith, and told others about what God has done at grace. Can't you imagine this altar being full of lost people? Huh? We're on the 50-yard line, people. 2014 is three days away. And I heard someone say recently, boy, I'll be glad when 2013's out of here. I've had all the bad luck I can stand I don't want any more in 2013. Well, let me, let me tell you what. Those things will follow us right into 2014. Be prepared. Be more like Christ. For His grace is sufficient.